Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna... What is this? 24 hours later coming right at you. And I think we'll be back in 12 hours, Ryan, because why not? Let's have a little bit of fun this holiday weekend. I am not going to Chicago. It is going to be an absolute disaster travel weekend there and back. So I'm going to be available right here today, tomorrow, and then again on Saturday after the Bills play the Bears for all the shout you can handle over the next couple of days. We're so excited about it. We are going to preview a football game here on this Thursday night edition of Shout, a Buffalo football podcast brought to you by uh, Tops Friendly Markets, which, by the way, I just I just stopped into my local Amherst Tops Friendly Markets, and, man, it blew me away. I, I usually go to the one on Main Street by my house. Uh, I went to the one over on Maple, uh, and I know this probably is means nothing to you. Um <laughs> Uh, out in Olean, but I'm telling you right now, it is a elite level tops. Like if you if you are anywhere within driving uh, distance, go check out the the tops over on Maple Road. I, I'm going to make it over there more often, uh, and not to downplay my 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 Main Street store. It's great, but this one is just it's next level. Plus they got this little True Blue UB store, which that also Ooh. blew me away. But some good stuff all around. Um, and, and you can't lose when you're over at Tops, and and they want you to win. A million dollars right now. You can enter for a chance to win that each week. Kings Hawaiian is pitting two city sliders against each other in the ultimate showdown. And you get to help decide the winner vote weekly for your favorite regional slider for a chance to win all season long and earn entries toward the $1 million prize. Explore the interactive stadium to play games, get recipes, share photos, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone to enter. Matt Perino, happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to everyone in the chat here. I see uh, Kim wishing us a happy holidays. Like you said, we'll be back with uh, with you tomorrow. We'll be with you after the game on Saturday. So we'll be wishing you, uh, you know, happy holidays, happy, you know, Christmas Eve, you name it. We're going to be here, Bill's Mafia, but tis the holiday season and I am ready to talk some football. I'm excited about it too. A couple of housekeeping items dropped uh, this at the beginning or the end of our show yesterday. If you haven't heard the news yet, we have a live show, a live event coming up January 7th, the night before the Bills and the Patriots game. We're going to be live out at Froth uh, Brewing uh, over on Military Road. It's the new official in-house home of Wingnuts. If you haven't had Wingnuts yet, you're going to want to check these out. The environment at that place is awesome. We're going to do a podcast, and it's actually not going to be a live show. We're going to actually record a podcast inside there. So it's going to be exclusive for a few hours to everybody that's in the building there at Froth. Uh, you get to try some wings. Uh, check out uh, you know the beer list, which is absolutely amazing. Hang out with Ryan Talbot and myself, probably our families. 
We'll talk some football. We'll we'll be jolly. We'll enjoy each other's company. It's going to be a great time. I can't wait for it, Ryan. Oh, I'm looking forward to it too. We have it circled on our calendar. Don't want to look past Christmas and uh, New Year's Eve and everything, but uh, looking forward to being out there in early January. So uh, hit that like button if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel as well. We really appreciate you spending a little bit of your Thursday night with us. And you know, on Saturday, you know the the biggest thing here. You look at this game, and it's it's a tale of two organizations that are in completely different places, two teams in a season in completely different places. Um, you have a Chicago Bears team sitting here at three and eleven, um, and a Bills team that's number one in the AFC at 11 and three. And, you know, a lot of people have been talking this week about, could this potentially be a trap game? But from my vantage point, this all comes down to Justin Fields and how he's going to handle this Buffalo Bills defense. I thought he did a pretty decent job against an Eagles defense. That's really good. Last week, he threw a couple touchdown passes. He had that unbelievable run, but I wanted to start with this conversation, Ryan, about, you know, who he is as a quarterback at this stage. Should the should Bills fans be afraid of what Justin Fields can do in this game against the Bills? Uh, afraid. I, I can't sit here and say they should be afraid, uh, but they need to make sure that they bring their a game. That being the bills defense to this matchup, because uh, you mentioned it, you know, that great run that he had against the Eagles. This is a, a quarterback that has run for a thousand yards. This is someone that's gotten better uh, as a passer. The offense is starting to figure things out in terms of how to utilize his skill set this season. So he's improved by leaps and bounds. I know you look at the record, like you said, they're a three win team. Uh, but they fought against the Eagles. They fought against some pretty good teams this year at times. Are the Bills the better team? 100%. Better roster, top to bottom, better quarterback, better, you name it. But that doesn't mean that uh, strange things can't happen. One week ago, we had the Houston Texans, the one-win Houston Texans, take the Kansas City Chiefs to overtime. So funny things can happen in the NFL. But, Matt, one thing I do want to mention is, While he is not the same type of quarterback as a Lamar Jackson, he has that escapability. He has the ability to take off and run. The Bills under Leslie Frazier have been very good in terms of containing those running quarterbacks, staying at home, not getting too deep into the pocket uh, to let them have a path to get around, to get downfield and take off. So I'll be really interested to see what kind of game plan the Bills have for this matchup. You and I were talking pre-show, though. There's a lot of injuries to monitor as well in Chicago. Yeah, we're going to get into that in a minute. Um, but it's it's interesting to, to talk about like Lamar Jackson and how that blueprint could potentially be used for Justin Fields because I think you know they are different players. I mean, I, I feel like Lamar runs a little bit differently than than Fields does. I think coming into the league, I almost felt like Justin Fields was reluctant to 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 run at first, and it's kind of been something that he's embraced more as he's kind of gone along, and. You look back at the the Lamar Jackson games against the Bills, right? And he he played his rookie year, the second half, first game for him and Allen. Um, both had to come into that game, kind of throw that one out. The second one was a Bills win or a Bills loss. The Ravens won that game, but it was one where even though he threw three touchdown passes, the Bills defense did a lot of really nice things against Jackson, the runner, so much so that the Tennessee Titans three weeks later used that tape yeah. to build their blueprint to knock them out of the playoffs. Um, so that was that was the start of the success. Then you the 2020 playoff game against Jackson. And then this, this last uh, earlier this season, week four, I thought the bills played another really good game against Lamar Jackson. And here is the, 
the, the one piece of this that's remained a constant for Jackson in his struggles against the Bills, he's turned the ball over in each of the last three games that he's played against the Bills. And I think that that's one area where, you know, you want to try to contain fields as a runner, but it's hard to do that, right? So you have to take advantage of the times that he puts the ball in jeopardy, whether it be putting the ball on the, on the, on the ground as a rusher or making bad throws. Um, you know, there's only five games this season that Justin Fields has played in where he hasn't thrown at least one interception. So he has shown a propensity to put the ball in, in dangerous places, turnover worthy plays. Those are the ones that this veteran laden bill secondary has to take advantage of. Yeah. And there's going to be opportunities. You know, I was just mentioning the injuries, Matt, both of their starting guards are not, are, are out for this game. They're very thin at wide receiver. Uh, their best wide receiver, Daryl Mooney, was already put on the IR earlier this season. He's out for the year. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown is not playing in this game. Uh, we have, uh, who did I say was doubtful for this one, Matt? Chase Claypool. Uh, Chase, yes, Claypool is doubtful due to a knee injury that he suffered. And so, so and Tim, Tevin Jenkins as well. Yeah, uh, Cody so, Whitehair is uh, interior lineman as well. They are, they are absolutely banged up. He's doubtful yeah. uh, in this one too. I mean, realistically, you're looking at Nikhil Harry as maybe their potential number one wide receiver that really shouldn't put much fright into you if you're the Bills secondary. Uh, So he's going to be dealing with some inexperienced receivers, too. Some guys that might not be able to haul in passes, knock things up into the air. That's how good things happen for these defenses. So uh, I I really do think that the Bills are going to have some opportunities to create turnovers against Justin Fields in this offense. Uh, But I do still think he's dangerous in terms of using his legs and He'll probably have one or two wild plays in this matchup. Yeah, and the, the, to me, you look at that injury report and sure, like you know, Claypool. They they went out and traded for him for a reason. I mean, there's there's issues in that receiving room, and not to have St. Brown, not to have Mooney. I mean, that it, it hurts when you know Mooney's there still their leading receiver. He hasn't played since November, yeah. and so there's not a lot of other talent uh, uh, on that offense. And it, it's a very similar situation. And I kind of tried to ask Josh about that this week. Um, and he kind of stiff armed me a little bit uh, on the question about the fact that, you know, when the Bills saw what they did in the first two seasons of his career, they made it a priority to get out and go out and get Stefan Diggs for him in year three. And I think that's what Justin Fields needs to take his game, especially in the passing game, to the next level. That really reliable, you know, wide receiver one or, or whatever the case may be. Cole Komet's a guy that we spent a lot of talk, time talking about during the draft process. You obviously are ultra familiar with him. You're a Notre Dame fan. And it's just the little things about him that, you know, he'll have some nice games, but there was this one play in the Philadelphia game. I went back and watched it and it was just like a little screenplay. I think fields could have got him the ball a little bit quicker, but he gets the ball turns up field. And it's just like a lack of athleticism. He lets the defensive lineman run him down from behind, stopping him before he gets to the first down. It's like little plays like that, where I just don't know if Cole Komet is a long-term answer at that spot. And it's funny because, and I don't suggest this, but if you spend too much time over on Bill's Facebook, uh, you'll run into a bunch of different commenters on there. And it's it's entertaining at time. And there's one person that every draft article that I posted, he would just go on and on and on about Cole Komet. You have to draft Cole Komet. Trade up to number five, sit four, three to get Cole Komet. He is the next big thing. He's Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, whoever you want to throw in there. And it just hasn't amounted to that for Cole. Poor guy, because he was all in on that trade. <laughs> Yeah, that fan was all in. I know exactly who you're talking about. And, you know, he has had some really good games this season. I think he had one or two multi-touchdown games. I uh, had a few games where he was obviously the leading target. And, and 
that could be because of who he is as a player, but also the lack of weapons that the Bears have. Yeah, is, is he a long-term top-tier tight end? Probably not, uh, but he's the best that they have right now, and you can use parts of his skill set. You mentioned it. Maybe the athleticism is lacking a little bit. So I really just don't see that X factor outside of potentially fields that's going to put a scare into the Bills. You know, you, you go against the Dolphins, there's Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, both really, really talented wide receivers. You go against the Jets, and there was Garrett Wilson, who was unbelievable for a rookie. And there was Justin Jefferson a few weeks ago, and there's going to be Jamar Chase in a few weeks. You know, you can look at this schedule, and there's usually one or two X factors in the, whether it's the running back, a receiver, or a tight end. The Bears don't have anyone like that. I like David Montgomery as a running back. Uh, I like Justin Fields in terms of his development and where, where he's come from. But there's no one on that offense that really should be putting a scare into the Bills right now. If they just play their game, uh, I don't see them losing this matchup on Saturday, Matt. Yeah. And, you know, there are also there's two things at play here. I mean, we mentioned Jenkins being out. I think that really is a detriment to their running game. He's their best by far uh uh, run blocker according to PFF but also Ryan this is a team that hasn't won a game in 61 days when they line up to play on Saturday think about the you know the mentality coming off of a game where you had the 13 and 1 or 12 and 1 whatever they were at the time Philadelphia Eagles on the ropes I mean they were you know they, they were in that game Jalen Hurts was not playing well he kind of got banged up in the game had a couple of interceptions and one of the interceptions was really really bad and you know you, you had a chance there you know late if you're able to just make any more plays in that game and they're just incapable of doing that and that combined with you're going up against the bills team where the strength of your team if you're the bears is your run game and you're going up a team that's that's coming out this week no matter who's on the schedule to prove that they can shut down the run and there's a couple things at play here that could hamper the bills attack in the run defense Ed Oliver mispracticed today. He's dealing with a, um, I think it's a calf injury that's kind of flared up here over the last couple of days. Boogie Basham will be out. He's been ruled out for the game, as has Mitch Morris. We'll get to that uh, in a few minutes and how that can affect the Bills' offense. And then Jordan Phillips, who coming back from that shoulder, the Bills released Brandon Bryant, brought him back to the practice squad. I don't know if he has any elevations left. I know he was elevated a few times earlier in the season. But... Jordan Phillips is questionable for this game as well. So he's not at this point a slam dunk to be in and, and be ready to go. And with a shoulder injury, you know, you, you wonder if he's going to be a hundred percent. And Sean McDermott mentioned that earlier in the week. It's like, you know, we want guys to, to, to be able to get back, but you want them to be at a hundred percent when they're back. I don't know if, if Jordan Phillips is at that spot yet. So you know, there could be some concerns on the interior of that bills defensive line here yet again, this week when they're going up against a team, that's going to want to run it down their throats. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Oliver, with Jordan Phillips. You know, we did talk early in the week, though, about the fact that they released Brandon Bryan and eventually signed him to the practice squad, that that could be a good sign for Jordan Phillips. And while he he is listed as questionable, he was limited all week this week. It, uh, there was at least no setback where he didn't participate or anything like that late in the week. So I, I think there's a, a glimmer or a chance that he ends up playing in this game and you still have Daquan Jones. You still have Tim Settle. You have some guys there, but the Bills obviously love depth. They love rotating their their players in and out. So, uh, like you said, they're coming out of a game. What have you thought about Tim Settle? Um, I, it's he, been a he hasn't bit. reached the expectations that I, I truly thought he was going to when the Bills signed him. I was very excited about the Tim Settle signing because I watched, I don't know why I watched so many Washington Commanders games, but 
that whole defensive line was first round picks. And then you had settle in there as a rotational piece uh, behind that starting first, you know, all those first rounders. And I thought there were many games where he was just as good as some of those first round defensive tackles. And he really made some plays and he's had a few games. He's had a few moments where he's stood out for the bills, but it hasn't been as many moments as I, I anticipated. So maybe this will end up being a Tim settle game. If, Oliver and even if Oliver and Phillips are suited up and and their their reps are limited, he's going to get an opportunity. I've been thrilled with Daquan Jones, obviously. And if you're a Bills fan, you know, you might go back and say that's one of the best, if not the best free agent signings uh, for this team this season. He's been legitimate. So it's going to be interesting because, like you said, Raheem Mostert ran all over them last week. They want to prove that they can stop the run. If I'm the Bills, I might stack the box in this matchup, even uh, with, you know, being banged up for one reason. But two, challenge Justin Fields to beat you with his arm, to beat you with a bunch of guys, just, you know, the Jags, as they call them, just a guy, Nikhil Harry and company, make them beat you, go up and down the field all game. And if they can do it, you tip your cap to them. Uh, I think the Bills can game plan something, though, even if they are a little bit shorthanded or less than 100% on the interior. You know, one of the things that, you know, might be the biggest talking point on on Saturday morning, biggest factors in this game is the weather. It's expected to be potentially the coldest game in the history of of Soldier Field. And we were talking to Leslie Frazier this week, who, who, you know, hearkened back to his playing days, thinking about like some of the cold, cold games he's played in Chicago. He was obviously on that 85 Bears defense. And uh, it's just a different level of bitter cold there. And if you're talking about, you know, this temperature potentially feeling like minus 20 at any point in this game, I think that that has an impact on the game just from my perspective. But Josh Allen said this week that once you get to a certain level of cold as a football player, it's kind of all the same. And so he's not worried about it. He's kind of got that football player mentality anyway. I think to me, the biggest thing that's going to be that you're going to want to watch, um, it's not expected to be super snowy. I don't think during the game but it's the wind, like how much wind yeah. are they going to be dealing with? And that's, what's really making this Buffalo storm this weekend. So scary is like, you know, up to 60 mile per hour winds. If they're dealing with even half of that or, you know, 15 to 20 mile per hour winds that could have an impact on the game. Yeah. Huge impact. And, you know, maybe the bills could have uh, borrowed that Mike McDaniel shirt from last week. I, I wish it were colder because it's going to feel a lot colder uh, in Chicago on Saturday. Uh, at kickoff the, the feel like temperature is supposed to be negative 11 degrees. Uh, could get as low as a, around negative 20 in terms of how it feels by the end of that game. So you, you hope the mindset is right. You hope that they're they're feeling uh, they're, they're not letting it affect their game too much. But yes, the win can affect the game. You know, there, there was the win game last year in Buffalo between the Bills and the Patriots. So we saw how that uh, cost the Bills the game. You know, Josh Allen was able to throw the ball into those wins uh, decently at times, but the, the offense really stalled out in that game. Uh, the run rushing attack of the Patriots in that matchup was able to, to beat the bills in that game. So if the wind's bad enough, it could drastically change the game plan. And I'm sure it'll be just like last week uh, where Ken Dorsey is going to have two different game plans. One for if the conditions are okay. And one for if the winds are really whipping that, uh, that strongly, because you need to make sure you're, you're putting your best plays out there to put Josh Allen and the players in a place where they can achieve success. So the wind, uh, the wind factor is supposed to be about 15, 20 miles per hour uh, throughout the game with gusts going up to 35 miles per hour. So this really, in a lot of ways, Ryan, is almost a, an exact replica 
of last year's Bills Patriots playoff game. Yeah. Because if you remember, those temperatures were super, super cold and the wind was about in that range with gusts that were a little bit higher. And we all know what happened. And that was a, a New England Patriots de- a defense that I think is a lot better than what this Bears defense has. And listen, I I think Matt Eberflus is a really good defensive mind. And I think it's something that coming over, um, you know, when he did, I thought he was going to really put his stamp on this thing. It's just they're devoid of talent. I mean, they trade Ro- Roquan Smith. They trade Robert Quinn. You know, they're, they're not working with a lot of talent on that side of the ball. So they've done a really good job. They did a really good job against the Eagles last year or last week. Look at Devin Singletary's game last year, though. 16 for 81 against the Patriots, averaging 5.1 per carry. He had two touchdowns. To me, he is my kind of player to watch this week as, you know, maybe them riding Devin Singletary, maybe getting James Cook involved. But I think they're going to be able to run the ball against the Bears in this game. And I think that without Mitch Morse in the mix, maybe you kind of look to your offensive line and say, listen, you, you let's get out and build some momentum here. Like we need you to set the tone in the run game because we want to be able to move the ball on the ground, especially if the wind gusts are going to be what they are. Yeah. And Singletary just proved one week ago how much this coaching staff trusts him. Uh, As great as Josh Allen was, and he did play a, a superhero type of role for this team in their win against the Dolphins. Devin Singletary played just as big of a role in the final drive in terms of sealing this game, getting them set up for that game winning field goal. He picked up large chunks of yards. He kept the clock running. He was smart enough to get down when he did, which allowed the Bills to run all the time off the clock to set up the Tyler Bass chip shot field goal. Uh, So if the Bills didn't trust Singletary in that spot, it would have made things a lot more difficult. They like Singletary's game. They know that when they give him that 14 carrier more stat that uh, they pretty much don't lose those games. And this might be an opportunity where they really do give him those opportunities Try to mix in James Cook, especially if maybe the interior of the line struggles without Mitch Morse. Um, then maybe you try to go outside with it, and that's that's more of Cook's forte. But it'll be something to keep your eye on as this game goes on. Matt, we do have some comments and questions in the in the chat. If you don't mind uh, covering those first, yeah, go ahead. All right, yeah, let's start with uh, let's start with Brian's. If Oliver and Phillips are, how do you feel about moving Rousseau inside? Personally, I don't see it. We just talked about Boogie Basham being out in this game. Von Miller's out for the season. You're already kind of stretched thin uh, on the outside, and Rousseau is your best defensive or your edge rusher uh, on the outside. He's really good at stopping the run. Uh, he's really good at kind of holding, you know, holding that that spot so that way maybe you wouldn't be able to let Fields get to the outside and run with the ball. I think you'd be playing a pretty dangerous game. What do you think, Matt? Zero percent chance that they move uh, Russo in side like full time. Like if you go back and look at the the snap counts uh, from this last game, it was actually kind of surprising. I mean, uh, Russo played seventy one percent of the snaps. Daquan Jones played seventy six on the inside, and then Ed Oliver up at sixty nine, just under seventy percent. And then the next guy closest was Shaq Lawson at 59. So they're really showing you there that they're really relying on four guys. Now, if Ed Oliver is dealing with this injury, that's going to be something that's, you know, worth monitoring. Are they going to be as comfortable in that weather to play Ed Oliver at the same percentage of snaps? And that also then kind of, you know, you start to think about, okay, if you have to play Brandon Bryant more, if you have to play Tim Settle more, is that one of the issues where you're able, where where teams are able to have more success on the ground and something where you kind of throw your hands up and be like, man, we got to figure out something different and maybe, you know, try to get, um, you know, our, our linebackers involved a little bit more uh, at the line of scrimmage. The Bills might have to get creative with the way that they defend the run in this game against Fields and company. 
Yeah, I agree completely with that take, Matt. Uh, Juan Castillo, Castillo says, Matt and Ryan, what do you think about this stat? First time play caller offensive coordinator has never won the Super Bowl. This is going to be a first time for everything. I'm not saying that Ken Dorsey will be that guy, but eventually someone's going to do it. So, you know, it, it's a stat that's interesting because obviously the NFL has gone on for quite some time. Uh, but, all you know, all of these records are made to be broken eventually. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think the thing that you like if you're a Bills fan or the Bills themselves about Dorsey is that he has been in in the thick of it in so many different ways in so many different roles like a lot of times like if you didn't play high level college football like Dorsey or if you I mean he, and he also played in the NFL like I think it would be a little bit more of a challenge he's called plays as a player he's watched and helped Brian Dable call plays over the last three years and so yeah sure there's a lot of ironing things out but with the way the league is today and the and the you know, the, the week to week nature of the league, I, I almost feel like he's probably coached probably feels like he's coached two seasons already with the things that he's had to reimagine with the offense and changing things that maybe he thought might work early on that hasn't worked down the stretch. So it, it's something, it, it's definitely something to have as many Super Bowl. What, what are we, what are we going on here? Are we, are we past 60? What, what, what's, what's this year's Super Bowl? 57? 58. What are we at? Oh, I was just looking at this too. Now I'm, I'm going to, I don't want to all next together now. <laughs> I don't know, but we're, we're up there. We're up there in yeah. the amount of Super Bowls that have been played. And for that to be a stat, it, it's definitely something that you think about, but the bills being this close to, you know, jumping over the hump, that wasn't something that, you know, uh, made them shy away from giving the, the place call sheet to, to Ken Dorsey. And I think so far he's done a really good job of going with the flow and reimagining things. It's not always been perfect, but honestly, I, I do agree with the players on this, this side of things. You don't want it to be perfect now. And I also like the fact that we haven't seen a lot of trick plays this year. Those are the stuff that I've always said, you know, even going back to the, the John Brown pass to Josh Allen in the, in the Houston playoff game, you want to save that stuff for when there's, you know, when it, when the season's on the line, like stuff that you, right. you, you've you been working on, you've been repping all season. That's when you throw it out when it's going to move you on to a conference title game or a Super Bowl. So, yeah. Yeah. And then the last one here, thoughts on Gronk being bored. That was just a publicity stunt. Uh, he was pretty much a, announcing a deal with FanDuel. Uh, so he's working with them now. He put that out there and then he announced it, I think either hours later or the next day. Uh, but he did say in an interview with Kay Adams that two teams called his agent and said, hey, is he looking to come back and play? He wouldn't name the teams. Uh, but interesting that uh, one tweet can get uh, you know the ball rolling in terms of, does this guy want to come out of retirement when, no, he does not. He's very happy with what he's doing now and working uh, apparently with FanDuel. So. Because Gronk's a difference maker. I mean, we saw it in Tampa Bay, like what he did for that offense and what it's looked like without him. Yeah. Of course, you're going to get teams yeah. calling about him. Yeah. And I also think it's kind of like what we talked about with Beasley. You add him to potentially like the Bills offense, all of a sudden, every game that you play the rest of the season, defensive coordinators are going to be like that head explosion emoji, right? Because you got to figure out, okay, what am I going to do if Rob Gronkowski has a fingerprint on this game? How am I going to deal with him? You know, especially when he's on the field with Dawson Knox and you start to think about, you know, all the combinations. That would be really interesting if he kept himself in football shape. Uh, but yeah, to your point, it's, it's, it's probably not in the cards. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about this Bills offense, Ryan. Yeah. With the weather conditions the way they are, we've talked a little bit about the run game. How do you think Mitch Morris not being available in this game affects uh, the Bills offense or, or does it in this game against this Bears defense? I, I think it could absolutely affect it. You know, just even from the snap uh, perspective, Matt, it, whether it's Ryan Bates or someone else snapping to Josh Allen, it's a different player. We're talking conditions where it feels negative 10, negative 11. Uh, so you might get some some poor snaps that are hard for Allen to handle. There's a lot of things just with the snapping alone that I'd be concerned about uh, just because Mitch Morris and Allen have done it together so many times now that they, they just it, – it's never an issue. But when when someone's moved over there, there's been some that have been high up to the side. Uh, Allen's had to adjust. So that might be my number one concern too. Uh, I'll be interested to see how they adjust to uh, inside runs. Does – are, are they able to do it with success? Or are those plays getting blown up? Are, are Bears players getting into the backfield? If so, you need to counter that. You need to come up with a good game plan. Like I said, maybe running outside with Singletary, with Cook, uh, getting Hines involved in the short passing game. Uh, and maybe that's just it. If the run game doesn't work, maybe that's your alternative is hit the short passing game because uh, those short passes are just as effective, obviously, as those four or five, six-yard runs that you can get at a clip when your offense is really rolling. So, there's a lot of alternatives to it, but we're not going to know how they're going to look without Morris until the game gets played, especially in these conditions. I feel like this is in a lot of ways, potentially a Dawson Knox game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be out there pregame in the sleeveless shirt, getting himself riled up. I feel like he raises his level of play when it gets really cold out. Um, and, and I really like him in this, in this game from a, run blocking perspective and what he offers over the middle of that kind of safety blanket uh, for Josh Allen. And, you know, hearing Allen talk about Knox this week and just how he puts stress on the defense, he's kind of everything that I bet you the bears wished. Um, And I know it hasn't been a perfect season this year, but when he's at his best, he's probably everything that they wish, you know, Cole Komet can eventually turn into, Um, you know, I don't think he's has the same athletic profile as Dawson Knox, but he puts a lot of stress on the defense. And when you have Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, I think this could be potentially a Cole Beasley, a little bit more involved kind of game. If he is up, if he is active, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. I think what's the deadline tomorrow at 4 PM. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Yeah, it might actually be Saturday because last week they had, they were able to announce it the day of the game, but But that's only, oh, that's a night game. I was going to say it would have to be significantly. So yeah, it'll be tomorrow. Tomorrow at four, I think, would be yes. uh, the deadline. When, uh, when the Bills have to put it in, but they can also announce it at six o'clock, seven o'clock. Um, but yeah, they have to put it into the league by four p.m. 
Mike Minatella over on Facebook. Do you think Mitch Moore should retire due to concussion issue? Listen, um, that's completely Mitch Morse's um, situation to kind of monitor. It's hard to really understand the damage that's taken place. And he's done a lot of work. I mean, I remember talking to him back in 2019 about going over, you know, uh, he's spending time talking to specialists and like the long-term effects and, you know, guys that have suffered multiple concussions in this league, you know, that, that you have to really do a lot of work and research on the kind of imp- impact that it has and how long are you going to be out for? Are you able to come back? I mean, this was a storyline big time. I think it was in 2020, after that one, he had another one, another issue or something in, in camp. I don't know if that was in 19 or 20. Um, I can't remember now, but it's been something that's happened multiple times, even since he's come to the Bills. And it's always like you get to the next one and you start to think about, all right, what is the long-term prog- uh, prognosis look like on this? And so he's going to he has to think a long and hard about him about it. Uh, we haven't seen him out there yet, so he's progressing you know, pr- slowly, uh, I don't want to say slowly, but moderately, at least as, as of now through the protocol. Um, it's a really, really hard thing uh, to predict because it's such a, a personal um, experience, like what you're feeling. We haven't even talked to Mitch Morse yet. Right. What was the circumstances of the injury? Um, how has he felt since? So I think we'll have a little bit more understanding of that once we were able to kind of get a download from the player. Yeah. And you said it, you know, that's a decision for the player, the player's family to discuss. He's talked about some of these concussions he's had in the past. He's been an open book about them. It's all up to the player, though. And if he's cleared and he's good to go and he wants to keep playing, he'll keep playing. Uh, Mitch Morris is a very, very intelligent person with our interactions from him, whether you're talking training camp in the regular season He's going to do what's what's best for him. He's not going to keep playing just to keep playing. So uh, if it ever becomes something where he's concerned about it, I'm, I'm sure that he'll think long and hard on that in the offseason uh, or even, you know, in this case right now as he's in the concussion protocol. So it, it's always a very serious matter, but it, every individual is also different in terms of uh, the effect or the toll that it takes on them. Everybody watching right now uh, needs to get over to Tops if you can. I, I know the weather is probably getting a little bit bad. It's, it was raining quite a bit when I just drove home about an hour ago. Uh, but Christmas bonus is still going on at Tops, and you can take care of some last-minute holiday gifts just by shopping at Tops. Uh, save $10 at all of your other favorite stores and restaurants with Christmas bonus. With over 25 gift cards to choose from, there's something for everyone on your list. And don't forget to treat yourself to some extra savings, too. Save on great gifts like toys and games from GameStop or Toys R Us at Macy's, great family dining at Applebee's or Buffalo Wild Wings, that new big screen TV you want from Best Buy, and so much more just by shopping at Tops. Be Santa's biggest little helper and Christmas with Christmas bonus from Tops for a complete list of available gift card savings. Visit topsmarkets.com slash Christmas bonus. And by the way, if you head over to that website while you're surfing the net, head over to valuehomecenters.com and check out their uh, latest ad. They put up a new one every week. They have a rewards program that you can join that is absolutely awesome. Um, And every single preview show, we do the Value Home Centers. Keys to the game. Ryan Talbot, what do you got? Key to the game is an easy one for me, Matt. Win the turnover battle. Uh, If the Bills win the turnover battle, they win this game. The only scenario where I can see them potentially losing is if they lose the turnover battle because that could be setting up the Bears with a short field. Uh, And when you have a short field, touchdowns can occur, field goals can occur. So protecting the football is my key to the game. What about you? 
for me, um, I, I think I'm going to go to force. Uh, I was going to go with the turnovers, forcing fields into turnovers, but I, I'm going to say, you know, employ the same game plan that you have in the past against really, really good dual threat quarterbacks. And, you know, the thing that makes the bills so good against these players, you know, Lamar Jackson's of the world, um, you know, player, even Patrick Mahomes at times, and I know it hasn't always been great against Mahomes, but it has been good in the regular season the last two years, is they're able to disguise a lot of what they do. And something that Leslie Frazier said about DeMar Hamlin this week is, you know, he's he's not Micah Hyde, right? Like there's, there's times when I think fans have been rightfully frustrated with his play, but he's getting more comfortable with the calls, with the communication process out there. And the more up to speed he gets on the, the fast moving parts pre-snap, I think that that helps the Bills in games like this against guys that are still young in this league, like Justin Fields, that are still trying to diagnose things before they they hike the ball. If you can disguise a lot of that stuff, force Justin Fields to make some mistakes, and then kind of rein him in as a runner, yeah, he's going to break a couple. A couple of these RPOs are going to kill you. A couple of these design runs are going to kill you. Um, but when you get into the red zone, sure things up, like bend but don't break. And I think that's kind of, for me, what the big key to the game is. Yeah, I love it. Matt, we have a super chat from Kane Shades. Would you like to see the red Buffalo Bills helmets come back for the playoffs? So I do love the white ones. Like if I'm talking about like uh, the best uniform combination for me, it's white helmet and then all white unis, white top, white pants. But I think that the red with an all blue would be pretty cool. Or they like blue pants, white top, or or vice versa. Um, you know, I, I I do have some nostalgia for those Jim Kelly era teams, and if they could come out with like a really sleek, um, like concept, like the 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 helmet that Josh Allen came out with at training camp, why not? But the, it's the no fun league for a reason, folks. I mean, they, they, right. the Bills do not do a lot of fun things with their uniforms. I feel like you know, even like when's the last time you saw the standing Buffalo? Have they done it this year at all? No, they they have not done that this year. And when it comes to the red helmet, there was some NFL rule this past season uh, where I don't know if the Bills just didn't get in, get something in in time. There was a deadline. Uh, they didn't put in, though, for any kind of alternate helmet. Um, and, and I guess that would also go with the, the helmet we were just discussing as well. Maybe that's why we haven't seen it. But I, I feel like there's a, a rule next season where there, there's a more flexibility with the helmets. Uh, they can come in different designs, different colored helmets. Uh, they don't have to be the white. They could also be the red. So maybe we see something like what Allen was wearing uh, at training camp or some kind of modified version of that 90s era Bills helmets uh, in red here sooner rather than later. All right. Uh, every episode of the preview show we do, we preview the game, we give you the key to the game, and then we make our pick. So Ryan Talbot, who wins tomorrow, uh, on Saturday? Yeah, Bills win this game. Uh, I have it 27 to 10. I, I think that the Bears can put up a fight. I think that Fields can make things interesting early in the game. But Buffalo's talent, the way they adjust, the way that, you know, they bend, don't break. Uh, they're able, they're going to be able to kind of hold the Bears once they kind of figure out what they're trying to do best and, and hold them to 10 points, look pretty good doing it and pull away as the game goes on. So, uh, you know, Bill's Mafia members enjoying the game with friends and family on Christmas Eve, weather permitting. Uh, I think you're going to have a, maybe one where you're not going to be biting your nails down to the final minutes like you've had in, in previous weeks. What about you? 
Yeah, I think just because of the you know the the wind, not knowing where that was, I was a little bit more um, on the safe side with this prediction. But I think the Bears' offense is really going to struggle to move the ball, and then of, of course score points. Um, you know, if they settle for some field goals, there's no guarantee that those field goals are going to be made. I feel like Tyler Bass has a nice advantage, and I'm sure um, you know Chicago's kicker, who I don't even know off the top of my head, who's the last Chicago Bears kicker that you you remember. Um, Cairo Santos, wasn't he with the bears? Yeah. And then what, what was Rob Baronis with the bears at any point? I always remember him as a Titans player. So even if he was, that's, uh, how I think of him. Eddie, yeah. Eddie, something to Eddie, uh, Penin, uh, Eddie P I'm going to say Eddie P is one of their kick was a recent kicker. Cairo Santos, still the, uh, kicker for oh, the uh, boom. Chicago bears. That a boy. That um, a boy. but I do think the bills are going to be able to run the ball. Uh, in this game, I think it's going to be a Devin Singletary style game. And I think Josh Allen will probably get out and run it a little bit as well. The Bills end up winning 16 to three as crazy of a score as that is. Maybe uh, maybe a safety in there, a couple field goals, a touchdown. Uh, if the weather is not as big of a factor, maybe, you know, hike that up a little bit to maybe 24 to six. But I, I really like the Bills controlling this game on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, no knock on the Bears, but there's a reason they're holding a top two, top three pick right now. Uh, they're just not ready to compete week in, week out with the best of the best in this league. After putting up a very valiant effort against the Eagles, I think they kind of take a step back here against the Bills. Speaking of competing with the best of the best, uh, there's n- there's nothing better than the Top's legendary breakfast pizza. And if you head over to the Carryout Cafe before the blizzard gets here, they will hook you up for your game day or tailgating spread whenever uh, they got you the hookup in the carryout cafe, hot to go, fresh, large and cheese, and pepperoni pizza, $14 jumbo chicken wings, 10 count, $14, the legendary tops breakfast pizza, just $20. I think I'd pay 40 for a large, but you know, that's just me. Pizza or taco log, six count, seven sixty nine. baby back rib sections, five ninety nine a pound, sub sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone for the complete menu of ready to enjoy fan favorites. All right, that's it. I think, Ryan, we're going to get out of here and we're going to come right back in like 12 to 15 hours. Why not? Can't wait. All right, for Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. Stay safe out there, everybody. See you tomorrow. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.